0: And welcome back to a new episode of Tech Explaining. So, I'm here with Stephanie. This is Rob. I'm here with Stephanie, Mark, and Brett. We're all here. Um, And whoa, we are recording. This is crazy. Um, I guess, how are you guys doing? It's been a while. It's been a little while. New podcast, who this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I guess we wanted to um we, we've been we've all been um uh, you know going through quite a few changes in our lives as as we wind back down from the pandemic and back into work and things like that so we wanted to have a reboot of the show and kind of shift our focus a little bit so we wanted to talk a little bit about that and kind of um uh, discuss a few topics but um I guess just how are you, how you guys been? It's been a while. Um, is there anything that, uh, anybody wants to update the, you know, our people that might be listening on, I mean, any changes guys? <laughs> been busy.
1: <laughs> I think everybody's been busy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it it's, uh, it, it's been uh, more of the same, uh, minus the show, I think from, uh, for, from this end, but, um, yeah, it, it it really has been chaotic, and I think everybody that I speak to in, 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 within the IT industry uh, has been busy, <laughs> and uh, and that's good busy. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Stephanie, Mark, you've been exactly the same, right? Apart from you've had a few changes here and there.
2: Yeah, so um, <laughs> I guess Stephanie's passing the baton to me to go first. Yeah, um, so big news from my front is that I now work for Avanade. Uh, where I joined them as a modern workplace architect uh, and a group manager. So this is really giving me the opportunity to jump into much larger projects, um, to work for a much larger organization, to understand um, a, a broader scope of everything that I've done before. so it's it's so far, I've been there three months, and it's just been a tremendous opportunity to to see things from a whole different level uh, and to see what I can do next. So I'm really excited. About the change, uh, it's the same type of work, uh, but just you know, it, it just multiply it times a hundred. Uh, so it's it's been a great change.
1: It was great to read your uh, your post actually on that. Um, I mean, yeah, I think like Rob, we were expecting something about icons, but um, you know, it, it, it was it was a great read to uh, to hear how you've transitioned from uh, working for a twenty-person company to a, a fifty-thousand-user uh, company. And I must admit, I, I knew Avenada was big, but that opened my eyes to actually how big they are. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah.
2: they're over 50,000 people and they're growing like crazy. I mean, so it's just, it's pretty insane. And, and that yeah, goes I back to the it,
1: previous statement too, about yeah. how IT has been extremely busy, you know, to see the growth of that company. I mean, every time you hit refresh on Facebook, you see that somebody else has joined Avanade. <laughs> it's, right. it's pretty amazing. For
2: Microsoft. No, so
3: on that note, is that where I jump in and say, I also, <laughs> <laughs> Avanade?
0: You work for Adamod too, dang. <laughs> I
3: do, yeah. So I'm the technical community lead, which means um I'm actually not only leaving uh, a small business for a very large one, but I am also uh leaving consulting for a little bit. Uh we'll see where that lands long term. But for the moment, I am completely internal. So, Rob, much like yourself, um, you know, I'm I'm completely not working with clients. Uh, outside of the organization, and I'm totally focused on internal initiatives. And uh, yes, I'm working with uh, Avanade's technical leadership groups, which is amazing, uh, kind of the, the best and the brightest across the whole organization and uh, really cool and innovative things going on. So super excited to to be part of it.
0: I'm just I'm just happy you guys landed both a at the same company because I think it's cool that y'all still work together. But um, you know, it seems I feel like you guys are in a spot where both of you can provide a lot of value, right? And and I think that's um, that will feed your natural consultant heart, right? In a, in a way that that you can uh, you know provide value to an organization in different ways and learn different things. And uh, you know, if Avanade's a long-term stop for you guys, that's awesome. If it's not. Hopefully you can pick up some things along the way and just learn and and continue to grow. Um, It strikes me as a company that they don't want you to stop learning and plateau. It seems like they keep pushing you and pushing you uh, to learn more. So I think it's I think you guys will fit in well and and do amazing things for that company.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah, And that's one of the reasons I chose to go there, because I can now go where where I want to go. And it's I appreciate where Stephanie's at, too, because. Now I think there's this tether between our two between the two worlds at Avanade, and I think that we will be able to communicate back and forth and start bridging some gaps and and even fixing some things inside Avanade. And I think that's the other cool thing is there are lots of t- opportunities to to pitch in and help, and they'll actually listen to you, so you can really affect change in an organization that large. And I yeah, think so that's no part worries.
3: Of the- Mark-, Mark and I will continue to argue with each other. It'll be great.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think this fits in really, really well with uh, the, the the topic for the show, which I know we're going to do a bit of an intro, but um, it, just to sort of steal the thunder for a moment, a company doesn't become as successful as Avenard without a, a vision. And I think this is where we're going to go in this show about the importance of that vision and how you can create that culture inside of it. An, an organization, and also the way that you show up to customers as well as uh, as as a business. Um,
0: I, I think it's also where we want to take the show as well, right? Because I think the show, um i mean, we we had some great we have some great topics. and and if you look back at our past shows list and stuff, we've had, some amazing speakers and, and talk to some really, really uh, great folks, everybody, you know. But I think where we all sit is more in the thought leadership space in our respective companies. You know, Brett, you're a CEO, and uh, Stephanie and, and Mark, you, you guys are, are definitely doing more thought leadership stuff, and it's clearly where I sit as well. And, and I think all four of us have a passion there, and it's not just the tech. The tech is one component of that. But I think the strategy and thought leadership, uh, you know, for 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 the way business moves um is is where we all really want to take the show. I think it's just it's where we all are now. And I think it's it's where we can provide a lot the most value uh to our listeners. I mean, it's it's um I think Mark said, I don't think we want to do another, you know, power platform during the pandemic show or <laughs> whatever, you know. Well, that's great <laughs> and those topics are awesome, but it's just it's just not where any of us are now. I think, I think we can provide a lot of value for that. I mean, I don't know, I don't want to, you know, give away the, 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 the goods here, but I mean, Stephanie, what, what are you, um, you know, do you have anything to add to that?
3: Yeah, I think what's uh the, the space that we all sit in um is where a lot of our friends are kind of coming into that space at the same time. And I think there's a lot of really great podcasts already out there on a lot of the deep dive technical stuff that people want to hear. You know, there's there's a bunch. And I think what's gonna make us a little bit different is continuing to talk about what we know the best and and what we do every day. And as we've kind of grown, um, gosh, how long have we been doing this, guys? Like Four years?
0: Yeah, it's been a while. Five years?
3: Yeah, it's a big, it's a big transition for those of us in this age group, um, where you're kind of coming from that place of being the doer and and creating and, you know, really, you know, working those technical skills and and you kind of get to that age where you're like, okay, well, now we're kind of becoming leaders and we're training others on how to do these things, but we're maybe not, you know, I haven't, Actually sat down and built a Power App in in years. Um, so you know, how do we take what we know and do every day, which is still very technical in nature, um, but share things at kind of a different level, um, like the business strategy and the tech trends that we're seeing, and you know, emerging technology and the really exciting, cool space. Um, and maybe you know, as, at least as far as I can say, I I don't see as much. Um, In terms of the content and the podcasts and and the webinars in that space. So I guess that's what I'm hoping to do is just fill a little bit of that void and, and talk about some things that maybe not everybody's ready to talk about.
1: Mic drop as always. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Come on, guys. Like, how do you follow that? What do you say can't, to follow
1: that? I can't,
2: yeah, maybe maybe can.
3: I'm the one. Maybe it's me. I need. I need to ask more leading questions. I'll. I'll make that <laughs> improvement for me on this podcast.
0: you just. We just. You're just so great. <laughs> so clear and concise. <laughs>
3: So, on that note, right? I think mark, you had you had brought up our first topic on something that's kind of sitting on your mind these days and and really fits this new mold that that we're wanting to to talk about. So, do you want to tee us up here on kind of what's been on your mind with um, you know companies and and moving to the cloud and you know, well, lack of vision in that space,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what started the the thought. So as we were brainstorming for this podcast, I was, I was venting. I know it's crazy to think about me venting about anything. It never happens. But I wasn't really venting. I was talking about how I see a lot of organizations that have, um, they only have the vision to get from point A to point B. They're not looking at C to D to E. And we're looking, we're seeing a lot of this when it comes to things like migrations, like, oh, I want to get out of Google Workplace and I'm going to go to Microsoft 365, or I want to you know, get all my documents into SharePoint, or or they just think about, like, I want to get from, the, you know, this one place that we were at before, and I'm going to replicate my same mess somewhere else without thoughts of what they should be doing, if they should be doing it, or or how they can actually, you know, modern, I hate to say the word, but modernize, how to, to to take things to the next level, how to create a better strategic vision for their company than simply adopting some new tools and replicating the mess that they
0: made. Yeah, I think p- part of that vision is is you have to determine what the cloud is to you too, right? I mean, I think that's that's where I see a lot of gaps. And I know as we were migrating up to the cloud, it meant I, f- I found it meant different things to different people. Me being a an, an 0365 O three six five person, you know, heavily weighed on the Microsoft side, um, it was of course, okay, we're going to use SharePoint online and Teams and all this, all this other good stuff, right? It means that no more server farms, no more managing of that stuff, but to like the infrastructure teams and other teams around the organization, it meant something completely different. It's like, Hey, instead of having physical servers in our data centers, we'll just have VMs in the cloud and that's how we'll manage it. So that means we're cloud ready, but that to me was a completely, I didn't consider that. (laughs) I, I thought that more of a, of the same kind of thing. So I think from, From consolidating that vision and understanding kind of where everybody was going, because different people want to take the cloud to different places, I think is probably one of the first key things you have to look at is to say, what does cloud mean to us as an organization?
1: And for everybody to have an input on that as well and not just one person, I mean, that that, that just makes it so much more powerful if everybody's in line with what the company wants to achieve. And if they've had an input in... uh, Mark, you said this like, same thing in your post as well. <laughs> when I read it, is, is you're actually having an input in the direction of Avanade, which is not something that you expected when you joined such a large organisation. And I think by everybody coming together and providing their input into what that vision should be, will help you to actually achieve it and achieve it well. It's not just the thoughts of one person; then everybody else has got to toe the line. Um, yeah, you know, they're they're going to. Uh, Yeah, uh, achieve their own personal goals and they're going to be aligned all the way up.
3: So what I think is interesting, and this is kind of happening across organizations at every level, not just from a a technical vision perspective, but from a how we want to work perspective as well. Um, You know, we've got more say now than we've ever had in how we work, where we work from. People are basically demanding to work from home, Um, and it's driving some really positive change across the organization. So I think the other thing, too, that we maybe haven't done enough of is really consult the business when we're making these kinds of big changes. Like, okay, great, we're moving to the cloud. What does that mean? But what does that really mean to the business? Where are our priorities? Where are our biggest pain points? Um, How is this change going to impact people's day-to-day work? And that's something that I've spent a lot of time in is just going in and talking to people and trying to figure out like how does this impact you is this working is this not working what do we need to do for next steps and do you have any suggestions because we are kind of coming out of this old school mentality of like it knows best or management knows best into this space of kind of this new um, very collaborative way of working and we're asking everybody what they think and and I think that's what younger people want very badly to the ones coming out of college, you know the younger crowd, we're all used to being very engaged in touch. Uh, everybody has opinions that that they want to share, and they're not shy about sharing those opinions. So I think we're coming into an age where um, you know the entire the vision for the organization is really being driven a lot by its people and and not by just you know some executive committee that that sits in a room and and makes decisions for the rest of the year. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I guess that I just feel that coming from from all angles.
0: Yeah, I think I think there are um, there are tools that are currently being used by college age students that are not widely adopted, for the most part, by businesses because, uh, well, enterprises at least. I think the small medium size, you know, can can more easily adopt it. But we live in such a draconian, you know, former IT top down driven. Thou well shall use these tools that i give you and nothing else you know and now i remember my first um my first job out of college was um uh, i couldn't do anything on my laptop i couldn't even search msdn for for documentation help on on learning c sharp and things like that it was all completely locked down and a lot of that stuff was was um was was blocked because i don't know somebody made a decision to do that and You know, we don't live in a world like that anymore. I think the struggle is these tools that we want to use that people are currently using in you know in their college lives or day-to-day lives don't necessarily have a lot of the governance and and controls built in that companies need to say, okay, let's. What if we have a data breach? How can we do e-discovery and how can we put legal holds on a lot of this stuff? Right. So what I'm seeing is that you know while yes the 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 tools are there. They're being used. It's. I don't know that we're completely there yet to where they can realistically be installed or or rolled out at scale, right? And 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 that's that's one of the things that I think we have to find the talk to the talk to the people that are actually doing work, right? Talk to real people, real business users. Um, but also, there's a there's a fine line that we have to walk between. Okay, how do we protect our company versus giving people what they need to be most productive?
2: Well, and I think, and I agree with, yeah, everything you just said. And I think that there's also those those blockers that have always been there to stop people from doing it, as well, but, uh, along with the security, like the fear of change, like how many people, they don't want to change the way they work. I don't want to have to learn this new tool. So they, they, they don't try, they just say, let's give them what they have today and everyone's going to be happy. But again, you're just replicating the same mess you have today. And the other thing is is the cost, like, oh, I don't want to pay the extra to actually learn how to use the tools that I'm already paying for. So how do we get past those hurdles, the fear of change, and the people just to invest a little more money now, so they're not spending 10 times as much later uh, because they didn't take the time to plan things accordingly?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder, like, given today's standards in cyber, right, and in, in cybersecurity and, and uh, the data residency and all that stuff. Um I, want, I think back and I wonder how hard would it be to roll out something like email at a company today, right? If you think about all of the standards we apply to, you know, some of these same tools we try to roll out, it just seems like that would be a near a dang near impossible task to, you know, email in its simplest form is a box that you can type somebody's name and address in and then a free form text box that you can type to you know, you can say anything in that freeform text box, and then send it to essentially anybody in the world, <laughs> and and that just seems like that would raise a lot of. If if you tried to explain email to a, to somebody in cybersecurity that way, it seems like they would immediately shut it down. Right? right now, there are controls on things like email through Microsoft Exchange, and you know they they do a really good job of that. Um, the the other tools, like I don't know, I'll just I'll call out Slack or you know uh, whatever. Um, Slack and I think there's Other other tools like that right They're coming along and they're bringing up Things that are um, you know putting Control you can put more and more controls In place they're just not there yet to manage It at scale and I'm not calling out Slack by saying it's a bad product it's a great Product but it's just you know it's One of those tools that people use in their day to day Lives as like Young 20 somethings right That is really hard to implement at a 50,000 person company right To, to implement and manage in a at that kind of scale
1: so i just want to sort of chime in back to the the vision a little bit and and how this can apply with that um project if you like of of moving to to the cloud but also just how the the concept of a vision can help in almost any project and i'm just going to back up and i'm going to be really um open about some of the mistakes that i've made in my past with my company like lightning tools and you'll remember that yeah, the, the way that Lightning Tools was started, it was with a it was a partnership between two people, and that partnership kind of went wrong. Um, it, it we ended up going in, in two separate directions. And the reason for that from the outset was two people had two very different expectations of how the company is going to grow, and we didn't communicate what we wanted to do to each other. And that didn't just happen then once we got past that hurdle, it also happened on almost every single employee that we hired because people were hired to do a job. They might have been hired in sales. They might have been hired in tech support or in marketing and, and so on. And you know, if you were a salesperson, you were given a sales target. You were taught how to sell the product, maybe from a technical standpoint, what to say to customers, et cetera. But there wasn't ever the discussion of why. <laughs> and by having a clear vision, Um, we can say you need to hit a sales target of this every single month and this is your personal target. But I really found that I struggled getting people to understand where I'm trying to go with the company. And I found that actually I needed to look inward for that discovery to find out where I've been going wrong. And that was that I wasn't being open and honest about the direction that I wanted to take the company in. And by creating a vision and saying, look, this is where I want to go to. This is the challenge that we're facing if we're not hitting target uh, it's going to have this knock on effect to all of these other things and you know what will the company mean to you as an individual if we were actually achieving this vision together and and this is where you can have your input about how you want to work and where you want to work uh, and so on as long as it can you know align with the company's vision then we've got alignment and we've got a fit there and everybody can communicate so much better and, and aim in the right direction. Um, otherwise, you're just going to end up with uh, some of the challenges that I faced. And one of them was, I felt that I had to do almost everything in the company. It's like nobody can do anything better than I can do. It's it, it's selling the product. It's supporting the product. It's <laughs> you know, helping design the product. Um, and that was my fault because I wasn't actually communicating what I had in mind <laughs> with everybody. So, creating the vision for me personally about forget the business for a a start is where do I want to go? What do I want for me and my family? And then how will the vision be created to serve that? (laughs) First of all, because otherwise I'm going to be unhappy if it's not serving my, my vision. Then I was able to create a company vision about how I want the company to grow what values it's going to have, what the brand is going to be like. And uh, Rob, you mentioned that you can be in any any Deloitte office in the world and it's got the same feeling and that's because the brand is the same. And a lot of people think of branding as just being the logo or the, you know, the, the color of the website or, or whatever, but it's actually about how people show up, um, how your offices are, how people communicate with each other and, and so on. And, and you can spot you know, another uh, colleague anywhere in the world because they've got those same values. And I think once that's been created, it does filter down to everybody inside the company. No, I think and, that's great. Uh, and that can be done for any project. I mean, building a company is a project. <laughs> um, so you could end up with migrating to the cloud, um, people having different opinions, arguments taking, uh, taking effect, people leaving the project because they don't agree with what's... Tr- what what, what you're trying to achieve. Um, So actually to sit down at the outset and say, well, how's this vision going to actually align with the company vision? First of all, how's it going to help people to work better? How will it align with their personal visions? And then once that's laid out and everybody's clear, we're all going to be swimming in the right direction.
0: Yeah,
2: so I think by, by having, by keeping a vision in mind, no matter what you're doing, you know, whether it's a project, whether it's a company, whether it's a small task or a big task, Taking a more holistic approach at how does what is the vision for this I think would be a great place for anybody to start to 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 get to that next step and not just go from point A to point B yeah. and
1: understand the customer's vision as well because you could go in uh, do a, a, a cloud migration for one of your customers it's not necessarily your company but what is your customer's vision first of all not 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 what's what's their vision for the uh, for, for the cloud migration but what's their vision for a company and how is this cloud migration actually going to help them to achieve that vision no yep.
3: and i think sometimes we get really wrapped up in some of the sidebar things so like you know touching on what rob said like if somebody had a really strong opinion about going to slack and somebody else had a really strong opinion about going to teams instead and you know they get all twisted up but at the end of the day their their core need actually didn't have to do with those two products and had to do with fixing ERP first, you've got to go focus on what matters the most first. You can come back to those discussions later. So I think that vision and that, um, what do they call it sometimes? Like a North Star, right? Like that's the, the, the term you hear all the time. You know, if you have that vision in mind and you have that focus, then you also don't get distracted by those things that pop up along the way that that are maybe important but not important today. So you can really use that to kind of help move your mission forward, um, even when there's some stuff along the way that you know is going to take a little bit of time to work out. So um, you know that's also something we see a lot is that that distraction just gets in the way of everything you're trying to accomplish.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, if if you think of a pilot and the fact that the pilot always has a destination. <laughs> um if you didn't have that destination then you might find that you change direction because of a bit of turbulence and then you're going to carry on going in the wrong direction <laughs> whereas if you've if you've got that focus of where you're trying to get to it doesn't matter if the turbulence is going to be there you're still going to steer back <laughs> and uh, how and long
2: have you wanted to use that analogy
1: yeah over it <laughs> it's down, like really. a perfect
2: analogy <laughs> It's like you have this analogy in the back of your mind. I'm going to use this someday, and I'm like, bam, I can use it. I just
3: want everyone to know this is how much we're planning our podcast now. See, we care. No,
2: I think
0: it's a great analogy. Hey, Brad, I've got a question. So it sounds like you know, from, from what you just, you just the story you just told was, um, you 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 didn't have a well-defined or communicated vision out to the team, right? So it seems like everybody was kind of working in their own silos and. Uh, not really, they were working and getting stuff done, but they weren't working towards a common goal. Once you, once you define that and communicated it out to everybody and solicited feedback and, you know, started incorporating that feedback, how did, um, how did that change what you do and kind of how people feel about at work?
1: I, I think that's su- such a, an amazing question because it did ultimately lead, leave, sorry, it ultimately led to some people leaving the company. As well so did it. Um, oh, wow. you did okay. <laughs> so and you could call that some of that term turbulence but i i think in in hindsight this is a great thing because all of those individuals are doing something that they're better aligned to now and you th- they were swimming against our direction and it was challenging during meetings where they would always be on a different page to to where i was or or to somebody else was so what we've actually ended up with is every single time we hire anybody the the company vision is one of the first things that we talk about. And yeah, some of those interview questions that to me just felt like uh, I don't know, if, if you Googled like what's the ten best interview questions to ask, it felt like yeah, some of those questions you're just asking for the hell of it. Um, I get them more now. <laughs> I actually get that, you know, it, it really is important about where do you see yourself in five years time? If that's the question, because it's really important before you hire somebody that they are going to be aligned to the company's goals. And and, and this is where they're going to fit in. So yeah, what we've found is there isn't really any arguments or disagreements or anything like that. Everybody is working as a team and to be honest, I can't believe how successful everybody is being. <laughs> it's it, it, it's just, yeah, uh, a, a completely different phase that we're in at the moment to where we used to be.
3: So if were to back up for a moment and talk about, okay, if someone's looking at making a big change or a big transition, what advice do we have in terms of what what we focus on first. If you've got a company vision and you're looking at a project, like how do you transition from, okay, you know, we we know where we're headed as a larger organization, but now we've got this big change to make. Um, we've got this big transition. Like where does someone start when looking at that to make sure that you are encompassing everything that you need to think about as part of that transition? Because, you know, th- this is where Mark kind of started in. A lot of people just jump in and they dump their stuff in there. Like, where where would you recommend starting so that we aren't in that position and and you know sometimes maybe we already are in some cases because of the pandemic we did kind of have to throw ourselves in so maybe two parts to that mm-hmm. where would you start ideally and if you're already in and kind of need to retool where would you restart
0: see i think i think my answer now is radically different than it would have been 2 years ago right because I am, I never understood, like, we've always been big on, you know, here's the company's values, these are our core values, this is kind of who we expect, not expect you to be, but we expect you to align to our core values, you know, it's just, we want that, um, that part of you to be, become part of the company, and and, and vice versa, Um I never understood that until I guess I had to sit down and think about my mortality a lot for two years, you know, but I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's so important really to, you know, if you're making a big change, and I don't know if this is where your question is going, Stephanie, but, um, you know, I, I think look at what the company offers for you, make sure you're a fit, you know, make, make sure that you align with what the company's values are. Cause I think that's, that's. Especially if you're looking to make a long-term uh, change or a short-term. I mean, I don't know. I think I think you need to you need to be a good fit for the company with your values as well as skills. But I think values are equally as important too. Because if you align and those all those stars seem to align to the perfect scenario, you land the job. I think you're more willing to give back to the company and do things for the company. Knowing that it's contributing to the project, but also how you feel about yourself at the end of the day, right? And I think that's, um, for me, that's that's kind of changed over the last two years. So, uh, you know, two years ago, I would have been like, "No, man, just go go where the money's at, <laughs> you know, go where the go where the project is or whatever." Um, but but I think that's kind of that's that's changed radically for me.
2: So, how does that translate then to your day-to-day work, though? Like when you do get. A project or a large project. What? How does that mind shift affect how you approach uh, your day-to-day projects?
0: Well, I I don't know that it. I mean, it doesn't affect the end goal, but uh, you know, because the end goal, you still got to deliver the project. But I think it does. Um, it does help me think about how others are feeling and doing on the project. Where you know, I'm more out now to. Ask the right questions to say, if I see somebody struggling or somebody not necessarily understanding, you know, don't go ahead and just bulldoze over. Stop and listen. And, and you know, not only from teammates, but customers you're working with or whatever. Um, so I've been more self-aware of that, I think, because I think it all matters in the end. Oh, well, and I think
2: what. What I'm hearing you say and then thinking just in general as I just pop in my head is a, another huge change over the past couple of years is people are no longer just doing a project to get to an endpoint. They are thinking, what is the impact on people? What is it, you know, not just we need to do this project, we need to migrate to the cloud, but what is the impact on others for doing that project? And I think that's yeah. kind of leading to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and some of that's part of my role, right? I mean, you know, cause I, I somewhat, dabble in the modern workplace and virtualization area like you do as well. And, and um, it, you know, it really does, you start to see the impact on people's lives, right? And then, you know, it's it's not, it, you, you. at some point in your career, you transition from the point of, hey, go do this or go do that. And, you know, you're the SME, you know, just go do what you do to what should we be doing? Right. And you start asking questions like that and then start, that really impacts how you approach solving the problem. Instead of just going and trying to figure out how to do it, thinking about it in a bigger way, like, OK, yeah, let's solve it. But what are we trying to accomplish here long term? And I think that's um, for me, that's 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 been a huge shift. Um, it's happened over the last, say, five to seven years. But I mean, it, it's been a it's been a huge shift in, in kind of how I approach solving the problem. A lot of times when somebody says, hey, I need this or I need that, there's something there's something going on deeper that you need to dig into. To understand like yeah sure I can give you a SharePoint side but what do you want to do or whatever you know um so so I think that's um yeah I think I think it does impact longer term uh, and reflect back on the values of the company.
2: Yeah and I think going back to Stephanie's question, how what's the first thing you do? I think maybe the first thing you do is ask why about any of the things you're doing. Why? Like I was when you're talking I was thinking back to my son um who I haven't mentioned on this episode. Uh, but I you know I would give him a task and he would go and just do it, but he wouldn't ask why. So when clients would give him a task, even if it was a stupid request, he would do it because that's what he was asked to do. He wasn't asking the question, why are you doing this? Why are we trying to accomplish this? What is our end goal? It's too laser focused on the exact task at hand.
3: Yep. You know, and this is a good point, too, because that's actually core to being a consultant and in a world where we are all fighting for that same group of people because the job market is so crazy right now. um, You know, there's there's just a lot of people. I mean, if you even show the slightest bit of interest in tech, man, you've got a job and people will train you. It's like, come on board, let's go do this. Um, But I think that's really important um, for any organization that's looking to hire people on for projects is to, to for them to have that ability and for them to understand they should be asking those questions about why. Um, it's one of those features you should be looking for and, and training for if they don't know how to do it because it is the difference between a poorly executed project and one that goes really well because if you don't ask the why um, you know, you're you're just getting the bare minimum and and you're maybe band-aiding something instead of fixing the real problem. So from a hiring perspective, um and you know, just looking at the big picture, I think that's that's a consideration. It's not just about knowing how to do the tech to get these kinds of projects right.
1: So I'm gonna ask a question since you're all American.
0: <laughs> what does that? Who, mean? Who's the,
1: <laughs> who, who's the best NFL player? I don't know,
2: Joe Burrow. (laughs) You're biased. I'm in Cincinnati.
3: (laughs) I'm required to say this.
2: (laughs) I'm in in the SEC, so I can agree. But yeah, it's.
0: it's, I think that depends. I think that depends on what you mean by NFL player, right? So it really depends on, you know, I mean, are you talking about? uh, You could be a kicker, right? It could be a quarterback. It could be. I mean, it, it depends on what you mean by that. You know I understand the best, your
2: question. Who performs the best, who is the best person, who like gives back the most? I mean Yeah, who, who
0: impacts their community the most?
1: <laughs> exactly. So so yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to is not just looking for, you know, who's got the best C V or sorry resume <laughs> when you're hiring somebody, but actually that that's where the alignment's coming from. It's like what 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 is the position that they're gonna be in? And what qualities do they have that is going to best serve that? Because wh- who, the, the person that you might end up hiring is not really considered to be the best NFL player in the world. Um, but they're they're best for that particular position that, that you're hiring for.
2: Yeah, you're looking at who can bring the most value. And sometimes those who can bring the most value isn't because of the actual skill on their resume. So I think mm-hmm. that's also a big yeah. Well,
3: and hiring for potential is big. Right now, too, it's like, how much do you, do you think they'll apply the effort and and learn faster? Because wouldn't you rather bring on someone who's motivated and ready to learn that will pick it up faster than someone who's already experienced, but maybe, and this does happen, they could be a little jaded, <laughs> maybe not be as excited about coming to work every day, um, you know? So. I, I think that's something else to to look for when when you're in that position. Oh
2: yeah, the best hires I've ever done have been hired for potential. That was by far the best hires.
0: No, I think so, this is a good topic. I mean, I think I think the um, the the theme of the show I think is going to be shifting to this um, to this type of discussion. It's it's uh, definitely more leadership focused and thought you know th- thought leadership um, on this. And um, I, I uh, I'm happy with with where we're going. With this. I mean, I'm really um well, what are we set up to talk about next? I guess is, is our is our next show.
3: Yeah, so we are at least this is my suggestion. So I don't know if you guys heard, but today President Joe Biden signed an executive order on government oversight of cryptocurrency. Um, so that's urging the Federal Reserve to explore whether the central bank should jump in and create its own digital currency.
0: So, Gosh, I, I, I can't, wait, that to be... that. I can't yeah. wait to discuss that. I can't wait to discuss that because that's that's <laughs> something that, that interests me a lot. you know, i'm I'm own coinbase. I've, I, I do dabble in some some crypto. um, but you know it's 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 um it's not regulated at all whatsoever.
2: We don't fight <laughs> on this one. I've got some strong opinions about it as well. I mean, yeah. in general, it's just, yeah.
1: I'm gonna listen and learn on this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I tell you what. Why don't you guys, uh, you know, and and uh, maybe everybody from from our listeners, I'll encourage them to um, download one of the apps and start just tracking one of the uh, trapping tracking some crypto. Um, see what you would do. Keep up with it in a spreadsheet or whatever, and. Pretend you buy a hundred dollars worth or, you know, a hundred pounds worth of crypto and see what happens. Or Um, you could just like be part of some Ponzi
2: scheme and just see how that goes as well.
0: Well, Mark's a little jaded and I would encourage you, Mark, to (laughs) do the same. And let's see, (laughs) let's see, let's see based on our investments or our mock investments, who has the, um, who wins by the time we record our next show. So we'll do one in a week. That'll give you a week to put a hundred dollars in and see if you see who can, who can make it, who can win the most, who can lose the most. I'll give you a prize. With my winnings.
2: Okay. So I'll, <laughs> I won't put my, any money in and I'll, I'll win because you know, it's,
0: it's like, it's. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think that's going to be a good topic. Um, It, it is relevant. Uh, crypto's here. Um, you know, whether it's regulated or not, uh, of course I'm not one for regulations, but I don't, I don't know, uh, in terms of this, I, I do see a lot of people losing a lot of money, a lot more often than not. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening today. Um, we hope we still have you with our shift in focus and please let us know if you have any questions Just shoot us an email at info at net. And we will see you on the next recording.
3: Thanks, everyone.